You know why I'm so passionate about Music to Code By? Because it works. I'm still getting a steady stream of success stories from developers just like you, who sail effortlessly through hours of coding. There's only one problem. They can't get enough. Well, not only are we up to track 13, but you can download them all in one shot for a new low price. The collection was 54 bucks just a little while ago, still only a little more than four bucks a track, but now you can get all 13 for only 39 bucks. That's only three bucks a track. Yeah, that's more like it. 325 minutes of pure bliss. Go get it now at collection.musictocodeby.net. .NET Rocks, episode 1377, with guest Beth Massey, recorded Thursday, October 20th, 2016. Welcome back to .NET Rocks. This is Carl Franklin. And this is Richard Campbell. And uh, Beth Massey is here. We're going to be talking all about her world in just a few minutes. But first, my friend, my friend Richard Campbell, how are you doing? I am well. I am, you know, banging away at the things with the stuff. We're going to finally be, by the time this show comes out, coming out of conference season. Yep. But for the fall, but as we're recording this show, we're just going into conference season for the fall. So I have a personal story of development for you, uh, for Better Know Framework, that involves a new tool that I just discovered in Visual Studio. Nate, roll the music. All right, buddy, tell me a story. All right. So I decided I was going to get back on my um, personal speech-enabled assistant project. This is something that I've been doing for years on and off and just not liking Cortana, Siri, that kind of stuff. Uh, I want something with a little more control. Hmm. So I've been, I've been working on this project for a long time and I just started a new version of it, but I needed a tool that would allow me to graphically sort of, um, how shall I say, figure out a grammar and a response for, uh, speech recognition interactions, okay. right? So, you know, I want to be able to v graphically draw, hey, uh, if I say this, then here's what the response is, here's what my options are, you know, I'm basically dynamically loading grammars as we go along. And then I also want to be able to t attach actions to those so that I can call a method or something right. if something needs to be done that isn't just speaking, you know, to do something as at the end of this, uh, at the end of this path. So I go searching in Visual Studio, and Beth's going to love this. And I discovered something that's been there since Visual Studio 2010, but I've never used it. It's a DGML editor, and that stands for Directed Graph Markup Language. And uh, this being show 1377, if you go to 1377.pwop.me, that brings you to a page on MSDN that tells you all about directed graph markup language. And here's what it says. It describes information used for visualization and to perform complexity analysis and is the format used to persist code maps in Visual Studio. It's essentially XML, and it uses the XML to describe both cyclical and acyclic directed graphs. So a directed graph is a set of nodes that are connected by links, or edges, they call them. And nodes and links can be used to represent network structures, such as elements in a software project. So it can also, as I was just saying, be used to describe a sort of a workflow. And I never really got into Workflow Foundation, personally. And, you know, I we talked about it extensively, but I never had a chance to use it. And this just seems like a really light way to graphically draw out nodes and links and attach them to things and then just uh you know parse the xml and figure out how how it all works so i'm in the parsing stage right now but i plan to uh, come up with a generic uh dgml parser that essentially lets you use it to navigate a tree you know navigate the tree and then and, and end up with actions. 
Nice. Pretty cool. I mean, it, it's not obvious from the documentation exactly what this is about, you know? Like yeah. It, this takes some looking to understand what's going on. Right. And the documentation is all XML, right? But if you open Visual Studio and just add a new DGML file to your project, you're going to get this nice visual designer where you can right click and add nodes and draw links from one to the other and move them around. And uh, it's pretty beautiful. And then it essentially is just writing an XML file. Nice. Yeah. That's really cool, man. Yeah. So there you go. A little piece of Visual Studio that we didn't even know existed and discovered a great technology based on XML at the same time. Who's talking to us, buddy? Grabbed a comment off of show 1217, the one we did with Martin Woodward and Beth Massey, when we talked about the .NET Foundation it's back in November of 2015. And, uh, of course, great conversation about what's in, what's not in, you know, how that whole process works, what it means to be part of the foundation. Isn't Polly going to be part of the foundation? Polly is part of the foundation, yeah. Nice. And that was announced at Dev Intersection uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Awesome. And uh, this comment comes from Wather de Vries, so very Dutch, who mm-hmm. said, I'm rooting for XNA to be in the pipeline to the foundation. Monogame is great, but at our company, we had some stability issues. Also, XNA5 is the top requested feature on the Visual Studio user voice. It'd be great to be able to finally build 64-bit XNA projects. And that's from about a year ago. Mm. And, uh, Beth, feel free to jump in on this, but I'm abundantly aware, and I actually have the user voice entry on this, that says, uh, can we please have XNA5 from uh, March of 2013? And a response from the team in July of 2016, so fairly recently, saying... Uh, we announced that XNA4 would be the last release of the XNA framework, and we thank everybody, but there is no XNA5 coming. Uh, and nor should there be, because really, Monogame has picked this up. And I know that uh, um, Wouters had some problems with stability, but I suspect I would blame Mono for that more than Monogame, because uh, they are literally the same library. You know, they, they, they come from the same origin and they've continued to be worked on. We've done shows on mono game now. Like it is the way forward. But, uh, so I don't imagine we'll ever see XNA in the foundation. There's just really no reason to put it there. It's going to be mono game. Hey guys. So yeah. I, I got a, uh, Hey, and hello everybody. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so, um, I think there's, there's a couple things also to think about, uh, just in yeah, sort of, you don't really like, you don't really create software like and then think about later sometimes open sourcing it. Sometimes right. it's like really hard to do that, right? You you really have to think about I think it's think always about, like, hard to do that. Mm-hmm. It's always really hard to do that. Not to say that you can't do that. We did that with .net, but it's sure. it's just extremely difficult sometimes, right? So yeah. unless you plan from the beginning like like we did with Roslyn from the beginning, we knew we wanted to open source this. So we built it in a way that it would be um you could grok the architecture and we could easily get contributors or at least more easily get contributors to to help us, right? So I mean if you're if really considering like, you know, going open source, this could be a pretty huge just investment, you know, in resources upfront for us, right? And if we're not if we're not going to invest in in the technology, then it, that's not a reason to open source something, right? Right, I totally agree. Invest in the technology, then you would open source it, right? So, I mean, unless there was like a huge amount of, you know, people saying like, okay, we'll go ahead and help you, you know, do this, then I don't see it happening for that reason. Not, not because of like the technical reasons necessarily. Yeah, I'm I'm totally hmm. with you. And, you know, some of the conversation around this was about, well, XNA was totally Windows-centric, and that's all we want to do. But that's just not wise going forward. The, the gaming landscape in the past few years is just so diverse. People who yeah, want I mean, to be Unity is also a big one, too, right? So, yeah. you know, it's like that, that's the thing. You kind of have to look at where the community's passion is and what where they're where they're focusing all their energy, right? Now, if there was def- there's definitely a passion for people wanting XNA, but are these the people also that want to take and, and move it forward? Would they be the ones that would be the maintainers, right? right. And, and if, if that's the case, then, you know, I mean, I'm not on the XNA team and I cannot speak for them or, you know, the Xbox team or whoever is. is yeah, and I know, would debate there is, I can't imagine there is an XNA yeah. team anymore. It's I mean, a long time ago. you know, right. and it would just have to be like, there would have to be some, you know, upfront, you know, a lot of upfront actually like just to get preparing the code 
for it to be open. And Mono yeah. Game is open source. It's on GitHub. You can contribute to it. Mm. It's built for these things, and it's derived from XNA, right? It is all the things you're asking for. If it's not good enough for you, fix it. It's you can work right. on it, and you know, just took a quick peek at it. Last check in for 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 Mono Game was less than a week ago. It is an ongoing, active project that that allows for gaming. But you and, said it before. This is a year old question, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. a little unfair that yeah. I'm, I'm. But I mean, the more salient point was Microsoft saying very clearly they will never be an XNA five. Yeah. Uh, in uh, in 2016, so that's that's somewhat closer in. Uh, so, Wouters, thank you so much for your comment. A .NET Rocks mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a .NET Rocks mug, write a comment on the website at .NET Rocks.com or via any of our social media. Because we publish every show to Google Plus and Facebook. And if you comment there and we read it on the show, we'll send you a mug. And definitely follow us on Twitter. He's at Rich Campbell. I'm at Carl Franklin. Send us a tweet. Because, you know, we read them. Sometimes <laughs> we respond. <laughs> Nobody knows why that's funny. <laughs> <All right. laughs> well, let me formally introduce Beth. Beth Massey is a senior product marketing manager for .NET at Microsoft and a longtime community champion for .NET developers. She helps developers build amazing things. She spent many years building business apps for small businesses as well as large enterprises, primarily on the .NET stack and was a Microsoft MVP. She joined the firm in 2007 on the Visual Studio Engineering team, where she drove a lot of their customer and community activities. And she's been a speaker at various software development events, and you can find her on a variety of developer sites. Follow her on Twitter and GitHub at Beth Massey. Welcome back, Beth. Hey, guys. Hey, how's it going? Hey, thanks for having me back. Uh, I always love being on this show. You know that. Yeah. I don't know how many times I've been on the show at all, but um, but it's my birthday today and I couldn't spend it in a better place. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) Happy birthday. What are you, 20? 21? Yeah, 20 for the 20th time. Yes. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, um, did you hear my little story about DGML? Yes. What do you think? I did. What do you think I, of DGML? I mean, you know what? It, it actually, it, it gave me flashbacks of like BizTalk, actually. Yeah, right. There was like, and, and, and you know, Workflow Foundation kind of, more, more like BizTalk, because th- that's actually how I used to do XSLT transformations. I used to take the little, you know, MSDN, load up BizTalk on some little, you know, computer that I had, of course, you know, just to use the, the XML designer, basically. So yeah. you could transform, easily transform XML. It was really cool. Um, well, I know you guys you know, use I mean, it I, for I, code maps, but what do you think yeah. about using it for, you know, to, to follow a, a speech recognition grammar thing to an I end? Think, I think that sounds pretty fantastic, actually. I have, I would be really impressed to see something like that. I think that's a great idea. I mean, you know, I think XML, it, it's kind of, isn't it kind of funny what happened to XML? Yeah. I mean, it like explode, it exploded and now it's like, forget that. We all want JSON. Like, you know what I mean? It got, I kind of got to the point where it was just, a heavy payload, right? And we want lighter weight payloads. But XML is so expressive, right? So look at look at XAML, right? Kind of like these these language. It's like a whole language itself. So I definitely think that it's still uh, it's still necessary and needed in in a lot of spaces. Yeah, sure. I do appreciate it's being used more judiciously now. Like there are spots yes. where it makes sense, but you know, when I think about real horror shows of XAML, I think about like. ORM mappings. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, remember in Hibernate? Yeah. That was some scared. That's XML you learn to hate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's always that. True. Yeah. So, it, it, when used well, I think it's very compelling, but it can be abused. There's no two ways about it. So, Beth, what are we talking about today? Well, um, I am the now the product marketing manager for .NET. Um, yeah. I, I'm just, I know, I haven't, I haven't been quite here in a I think it's been a year, almost a year since yeah. I've been in this role. And yep. I still feel like I have no idea what I'm doing here awesome. in marketing. But um, <laughs> that's a good sign, actually. There you go. I, I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, like I, I, I took the role because I wanted a challenge. I wanted to do something new. Um, it's it's been a it's been fantastic to just kind of learn like exactly what marketing does with developer marketing, because I don't know. I was I was a developer for a long time. You guys are devs like, yeah. You, Traditional marketing does not work, right? It does yeah. not work. You don't, does not like to be marketed to. Um, no, so, you know, it's, not all, this it's all about, 
No, absolutely. And it's all about like, you know, building some credibility um, and, you know, and creating relationships, right? So it actually has a lot, uh, very similar what I used to do around, you know, community and and customer and that kind of stuff. So I feel like, you know, um, I I get to explore a lot more, you know, uh, story writing and, you know, I get to talk to a lot more customers that are a little bit bigger. Um, So that's not to say that, you know, I only talk to large customers, but it's actually fairly like impressive, like how many you know, large scale customers in the world use .NET. Um, and so I'm getting I'm getting more exposure to a lot of, of those. And that's pretty exciting. Um, and, and the fact is, is that, you know, there's a whole renaissance going on with .NET right now. And it's just, you know, amazing to see like the transformation our engineers are even having to to be more community oriented because they're working with the community every day inside mm. of those repos now, you know? And yeah. so I felt like, you know, coming in, coming into marketing, I felt like, well, this is part of the next step in, in my journey, in my career to kind of look at things from a, you know, a global scale, you know, mm-hmm. and, and try you know, I really, that's my job is, is like a corp marketing. That's what we do. We look at things across the entire world and right. we try to, you know, we try to support the, you know, those motions across the entire, uni- you know, universe, the .NET universe. Basically. And it's very easy to get very North American centric about this stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it definitely, because, you know, we're, Microsoft is a U.S. company, so there's a lot of bias just, you know, because of that, because um, our muscle memory is here. Um, yeah. However, you know, this the company, I mean, just because the engineering teams are, you know, in Seattle, you know, at least the .NET ones are in Seattle, it doesn't mean that, you know, our company is a worldwide company. You sure. know, we have, you know, I, I actually get to engage a lot more with, you know, internal marketing is also part of this, right? I talk mm-hmm. with the field, I talk with the subs, we have, you know, subsidiary marketing going on. So there's, you know, there's a lot more, I have a lot more exposure, I think, to other countries now that I'm in this role than I did before, because I was more a little bit more boots on the ground before, you know? So how does Channel 9 fit into your marketing plan? Uh, it's a pretty popular place. We love Seth, and there's a lot of good content coming out of there lately. I love Channel 9, actually. Um, so we have a huge, you know, dot, .NET is a, there's a huge current .NET base that is very familiar and really engaged on Channel 9. So that's definitely a, a really big, you know, owned and operated channel that we use. Um, I personally love Channel 9. I grew up with Channel 9. Um, there's a lot of other venues and other spaces, though, for us to branch out. It doesn't mean that we are, you know, only one channel, right? We do right. a lot of stuff on YouTube as well, right? Google Hangouts, YouTube. We, the, As the .NET team and even other teams in the company, we kind of just um, use the kind of meet developers where they are. So it depends on what you're building and what kind of where your audience is. And so we utilize like a lot of different channels. Um, but definitely Channel 9 is still one of our premier, you know, places and where we're focused and where all the connect videos, all the on-demand and sessions are there. You know, mm. everything was everything was live streamed through through uh, Channel 9 when it came to, to connect. So, mm. um, which which I have to say was fantastic. Yes. Yes, <laughs> Nobody knows why that's funny either. <laughs> but you do have to say it was fantastic. I do say, and oh my of God, course. like that's the other thing in marketing. I mean, really it's event driven. It's a lot of event driven, you know, yeah. like, um, so, so a product planning, you know, you, you, take you take a step back and you really it really is careful planning to build a product that that the world is going to use right when it comes to marketing it's more like you know i guess you can use the analogy i think jay jay schmelzer my old manager gave me this analogy once when i was telling him i'm thinking of going to marketing he's like okay so like product development is more like we're landing a plane on a runway and we have to land it smooth and make sure none of the passengers die in right. marketing, <laughs> as Kill long as everybody. the plane ends up on the runway, boom, <laughs> we did it. <laughs> Close enough. So, you know, it, and actually big bangs are more exciting. So, <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so it actually is sort of like that, right? I mean, we do like, we make things pop. We make people notice. We create moments in time, right? Um, it, it, the product is something that has to be with you, you know, like 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 your, your husband or wife. Life, right like it's got to be there and support you but like marketing moments are more like going to like the super bowl right it's yeah. like boom you know what i mean and so that's kind of that's kind of what i'm learning um is part of my is part of my job to to get these events um but like i said before like traditional marketing just doesn't work with developers and so we we really try and like 
utilize, and we have a very close relationship with the product teams um, to to build real thought leadership and you know make sure that geek sugar is coming out of of the team and and actually people see it. You know, so you my guys, job is to make sure people see that. And you guys are doing an online conference too, right? Yes. So um, we do .NET Conf every year. So we're probably going to do that, you know, early spring, you know, time frame. I, I, I have to, I just, you know, got to get through the holiday and think about that. I've always wanted to do an online conference and Richard and I have gone back and forth about the effectiveness of these things. And, you know, people really want to meet face to face, but there is this huge contingency of people that would not rather not travel. And especially, developers, right? You know, getting them, getting them out is sometimes difficult, but they yes. could stay in and, and attend a .NET conference. So can you give us, uh, I've, I've never attended one of these things. So can you give us an idea of what to expect in an online conference? It's not just like a bunch of videos that play, right? Right. No, I mean, we do a live stream. So, so a couple of things, I mean, an online conference is, you know, a lot less expensive than, you know, creating a venue and having bodies and, you know, serving people dinner and that kind of stuff. So in one, in one perspective, if you're a community and you're looking to try and, you know, get the community together, mm. um, it's, it, it kind of, it, it can kind of be just much more cost effective, especially if you have a large community like the .NET community, right? Yeah. So, so we, you know, so, so what we try to do is we try to provide this. It's always, it's, it's live, it's live streamed and it's live sessions. So just like you would see, you know, go to a conference, except that everything is, is, you know, from Redmond studio. Right. right. And, and actually we got a new studio. I haven't checked it out yet. Cause I don't actually live in Redmond, but, um, Sounds like Building Twenty Five got a bigger Channel Nine studio, so it's a little very we nice. Actually, wow! Cool. Yeah, you've seen it. Cool. I've uh, like I shot some of the in. Dev Intersection videos in the new studio, and uh, yes, it's lovely. Lots of space. Cool. Yeah, hmm. cool. So maybe we can have a little mini live audience and do something a little bit more higher production quality uh, this time around for .NET Conf. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll have the .NET Conf band. We gotta still yeah, I think heard, about that. I heard about those guys. They're they're pretty yeah. good. Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> they're pretty funky. They got some horns and an elite singer's kind of cute too. Just nice. <laughs> but it is and, yeah, all. I, yeah. So Go my ahead. wife tells me. <laughs> but it yeah, is I all about that, the code in the end, right? Like, yeah, you, so, you right. want to show off it, code. It, absolutely. Absolutely. And actually, it's all about the content. Content is king. And some of the things we're thinking about this year for that is, is to. Instead of instead of doing like sort of these broader, um, you know, breakout kind of sessions that we do at normal conferences, we're thinking we need to like, let's let's have like a beginner new to .NET track and let's have a more thought leadership deep dive track. Right. Hmm. So instead of doing sort of the middle middle of the road, like, you know, try and cover it for everybody. Let's let's actually say like, OK, day one is going to be like, you know, brand new to .NET or day one will be deep dive, you know, and come back on day two for, you know, for get, get started. Stuff. I love the you know, idea I, of a virtual beginners track. And here's and I yeah. say virtual for a virtual conference. Here's why I think you're probably apt to get more people online at a beginner's track than you would in person, because just by going there, you're saying, my name is Carl and I'm stupid. You know, that is the way, <laughs> this is the way people think, you know, that it's just a, a, we don't want to appear to not know things, you know? So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing is, is that the content then is, is, has fidelity, right? So like, you, right. you know, even though we broadcast it online, it's on demand and ready to go. So people can, can use it at any time. So it so is yeah, very that is, interesting to think about what to talk to beginners about, about .NET. I mean, we've been mm -hmm. in it entirely too long and, and I think carry a bunch of scars that if you were going to present .NET core as your first experience with the framework, you know, what do you show them? Where do right. you start? So right. <clears throat> that's the thing, man. We have some great people um, coming into the team, actually, like from college now, and 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 really like learning .NET for the first time, um, and being brilliant though, because they're coming, they're coming into Microsoft, they're Microsoft employees, they're coming in as PMs, they're coming in as devs, and they're they're getting their hands dirty and they're trying to understand the platform. And so there's a there's a few that I think we like Kendra. Um, she's she's probably one of the 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 coolest right now. I think on Channel Nine because she's showing how to just completely get started with .NET, 
core uh, from your Mac. Like, like literally she does a video on here's how to install VS code because VS code takes about, you know, two minutes to install. So she, she chats and sort of talks a little bit and she's like, no, I'm going to let it run. She actually doesn't edit it. And then she goes in and literally just gets started. Um, and so I think that, you know, just having some fresh blood like that um, and kind of mentoring some, some new faces uh, is going to just kind of, you know, keep that renaissance going with .NET. I mean, yeah, if you look at me, like, you know, today's my birthday and we're just joking around. It's like, I feel so old, <laughs> right? You know, I mean, but but I remember when I was starting with .NET, I mean, I had come from another stack. I had come from Fox Pro. And, you know, you remember I have to mention Fox Pro every single show. Of course you I'm do. I, that's, that's the Where's Waldo show. Right. Okay, so I came from Fox Pro and I, I mean, like, I only had been working in a couple years before I jumped in .NET and it was just so, like, eye-opening to me and I was so excited about it, you know? And so there's there's definitely, like, this excitement, but, like, right now we have, we just kind of have to hone it a little bit more because we, we also, we got to marry almost these, like, two communities, right? We got to marry the the you know, the, the people that have been working in it for 15 years with the people that are just getting started with it, like, you know, from a completely different, you know, developer workflow or, or platform, right? Sure. So it's going to be, it's pretty fun and it's challenging. Yeah, no, it's, it's got to be really interesting. And, and uh, we've had this ongoing theme on the show, just dealing with don't let your experience, don't let those scars hold you back on things. It's, I just grabbed a link to all of Kendra's videos on Channel 9. The enthusiasm is super infectious, like just totally. so happy, so excited to be working on this stuff. We, I think we've, we may be just a little too jaded. Hmm. No, I know. And, and Maria Nagaga is another like fantastic PM on, on the .NET team. And, and she's been working really closely with um, online code schools. And even, even she, she lives in New York City. And so she's like literally with code schools and getting code schools to see like the value of teaching .NET core particularly. And so really building relationships with like completely new audiences. So that's, that's just been fantastic, you know. And I, I think that, you know, the product speaks for itself at a certain level, right? If you, you can't, you can't market dog poo, right? I mean, I'm right. not marketing dog poo. I'm marketing .NET. I mean, it's a fantastic platform with a lot of innovation. It should be easy for me, right? But isn't the, a lot of what you're doing marketing wise more like, um, uh, uh, exposing new things and new features and, you know, sort of like evangelism. I mean, does, do, it, it, does it, it, .NET it, really need to be marketed? So it, 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 it does come down to like, like driving awareness, like with the press, with our field, arming them with the right, you know, with the right train, the trainer content, basically, right? Yeah. You're right. It, it, it does come down to a lot of that it comes down to making sure people are aware when we release things, making sure that, you know, that what the product team does and spends their time on, on more of these thought leadership and geeky sugar things ends up bubbling up into press and gets on Hacker News. And, you know, people actually watch the videos that mm. the, t the team is is doing so i i didn't actually know <laughs> when i was on the team i didn't actually know how much behind the scenes work that marketing does for mm. the product team you know that, mm -hmm. you're right i don't you don't really need to market it but you do need to get people's eyeballs on it particularly because there's just some people that have written off .net so long ago that they don't even know it's open source yeah they don't even right. know it runs on linux right so i still yeah. have a lot of work to do yeah definitely yeah. hey richard yeah, buddy. Guess what time it is? Uh, it must be that happy time again. Yeah, it's time for a virtual joke. Ready? Okay. All right. Four nine six three six one six e seven three six one seven nine seven four six eight six five seven seven six f seven two six four six six seven five six three six b six nine six e six eight six five seventy eight two one. Yep, you're gonna have to get out your hex to ASCII converters to figure <laughs> out what I actually said. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to tell you. Nice. Nerd alert. <laughs> I don't know how virtual that actually is. Absolutely virtual. Yeah. It's more like an encoded joke, but okay. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you sort of have to have the right interface in order to participate, right? Nice. It's actually time to give away a SyncFusion Essential Studio to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. But first, let me tell you what Richard and I like about SyncFusion. They have over 650 components for web, desktop, and mobile applications, including great native Xamarin controls. They even have enterprise solutions with a dashboard designer and big data platform. Best of all, they're affordable. It's one flat fee for everything 
everyone in the enterprise. No hassle, no gimmicks, and you really get every application with no restrictions. Check them out at syncfusion.com or look them up on Facebook to see how you can get started today. Well, all right, buddy. Who's our winner? Today's winner is James P. Crow. Congratulations, James. Golf clap you, sir. I got two clappers today, Richard. Double clapper. Double clapper. And uh, James just won the Sync Fusion Essential Studio. That's a great big pile of awesome from them, as I just said. And if you don't know what we're talking about here, go to .netrocks.com, click on the big Get Free Stuff button, answer a few questions, and join the .net Rocks fan club. We have thousands of members all over the world, and every show we like to give away stuff from our sponsors. And every December, we give away a $5,000 technology shopping spree to one lucky member of the .net Rocks fan club, but you have to sign up to win. And okay, Beth, it's your turn. We're going shopping. We got five grand. What are you going to buy? Ooh. Hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> I forgot I always get these great questions. You know, um, I, I, don't, I have so much stuff. You know, the older you get, the more money you make, the more money you spend. You so could you rent a, a dumpster. I need a dumpster. That's exactly what I, need. I mean, we just finished our backyard. I, I need, you know, I need a new. I need a new stove. Like I'm getting. I'm married and I'm getting old, and I'm thinking, man, I, I, I you know, spent so much money on my cars, and you know, it's just like yeah. I, you know, I told you last year I wanted that Camaro, and I still have not found the Camaro. You know, the and it's huh. the one I want is like thirty thousand dollars. So, oh, well. so for five for five thousand dollars, I think I could just you know get that supercharger that I want and and some new wheels. But you can get a heck I, of a I nice stove for five grand too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I need a new kitchen. That's going to cost more than five. <laughs> that's going to be a little that. That's a small <laughs> down payment on a new kitchen. Yeah, yeah. You know, honestly, I think uh, I actually I just need a vacation. I'm ready to just go somewhere. You know, I I want to just go somewhere else. So. Uh, now you know. What about you, you, guys? you guys are always buying like a bunch of nerd stuff. I know. If Nick was on the show, he could probably rattle off a bunch of stuff he wants to buy on New Oh yeah, no, he likes his gadgets. <laughs> no two ways about that. But yeah, but yeah. you and I are both Infinity fans as well. You've yes. got a pretty tweaked out Infinity. There is a yeah. good supercharger kit for that Infinity for that three point five liter. Yeah, still in right. Still in yeah, the still in the still in supercharger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, cause it's, I, gotta I need six hundred horsepower in my grocery getter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, right? I was actually play. Well, I don't drive my car that much because I work from home, and I was right. I was I was uh, super late to Code Camp Silicon Valley Code Camp the other week, and um, I I was flying like flying down 680 580 and um i really started to appreciate my car like my car <laughs> like i got out of my car i made it i got out yep. of my car and i i touched it it was so hot it was like ting, 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 ting. and i'm like thank you <laughs> yeah. and i could smell the clutch burn you know because oh, i was nice. flying right so and i'm like thank you thank you thank you and i ran to 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 the to the session and i i got there on time and i did it and when i came back i was just like please start Please start. Yeah. <laughs> it started back up. Yeah. No, my car is awesome. I, I wouldn't mind a still in supercharger, but I got to do the exhaust system and that would run about 6,500 total. Mm, and yeah, I'd have easy. to get a bigger hood, you know, because I'd have to fix the supercharger on it. So, yeah, yeah you, you, need a, you need a blister. Yeah, exactly. Place to put it. But yeah, yeah it, it, actually, it's, it's hard on the whole engine when you start ramming that much air into it. Yeah. So, Beth, what are some of the messages about .NET Core that you really are trying to get out? So, uh, I think like the biggest thing um, that like at least I've gone through too, being coming from the product team and then coming into marketing is just getting under people to understand the um, the fact that we are not just an op- open source, but we really have open engineering. We like literally our engineers work out in those repos every day. They talk to customers. They're putting you know like design proposals out there, um, and they're really working in the open. And it's been a complete culture change mm. for us. And so I think that it's it's important to think about that because, you know, like Microsoft has been written off for so many years, I think, by a lot of open source developers. And so I think that, you know, there's like like Microsoft was named, right, the number one company like with the most contributors on GitHub. I mean, that's happened in two years, a turnaround yeah. of the whole company, right? Um, like GitHub posted those stats, I think, in, in September. And, you know, and the, and the most contributions, the pro- like top 10 projects, VS Code is in there too, right? So, I mean, 
we are making a we are making a big shift in the way we develop software um, with with the community because that's how we innovate. And so that's that's the number one thing. I want people to know that we're open source and we're we're not just like saying we're open source. We actually are doing that. So um, I mean, when you when you mean you're really open source, does that mean you're taking contributions from the community? I mean, in that, my, my mind, that's sort of the big thing. Absolutely. Taking contributions from the community, um, .NET Core, like the Kestrel web server, I think, you know, 40% of the, the, the performance increases were done by Ben Adams, like one outside of Microsoft, right? Mm, right. Um, and, and so that that's just like, that that's the type of innovation that you want to like hone, right, from the community, right? That And so you can't build, you know, we can't build uh, behind closed doors anymore. It just doesn't work that way. And we know that and we're putting, you know, our, our quote unquote money where our mouth is like it's fairly significant that the whole company is doing this it's not just net right I mean, um, that it, being said you're not just taking anybody's contributions like you, you you do have a plan for what's supposed to be in net core sure i mean it's it's not a democracy right i mean it's like you know we don't like put a vote out and say who wants these features necessarily i mean we have like we have like um we have people on point for certain pieces of the framework and yeah. that's still their job and they come up with the designs and then they go out and get feedback from the community. Mm. Okay. So, so that, so, and, and, you know, it's, it's obviously like any open source project. I mean, you, you probably have, you know, a, a benevolent dictator who basically just says, Hey, it's my project and I'll take it or not take it. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we, at the end of the day, we need, we also have, um, millions of developers out there using the product and not necessarily wanting or can contributing to it. Mm-hmm. And we have to take into consideration a ton of different scenarios of how people are using the product. Right. Um, so that's our jobs, you know, uh, that's our jobs within Microsoft to make sure that that we're building a product that everybody can use. Right. Are you so still hearing from a lot of, um, disenfranchised web forms developers that just want the simple draggy droppy stuff to come back? Um, and actually, you know, that's a good question because, um, we, we still are innovating on .NET Framework. That's probably another message I want to get across, um, mm. as we talk about these. .NET Framework, um, we're doing a lot there in terms of the core, you know, compilers, the languages, the runtime services. All of that stuff is, you know, it benefits the .NET Framework as well as, mm-hmm. you know, .NET Core. And we're moving towards a model where like you know you guys have heard of portable class libraries before right sure so when you basically take and it's like the intersection of all of the different dotnet you know verticals or mini frameworks or app models and you end up with like if you pick too many of them you end up with a service area that's almost unusable like you can't you can't really build a pcl for every single vertical and so what we're doing is we're trying to flip that around and what you see what you saw with the dotnet 1.0 release and and one one that just released um, is the .NET standard library concept, and this concept right. is basically what it's the reverse. Flip it, flip it around. Um, we want to we want to have these you know standard set of APIs that are across um, .NET framework, .NET core, as well as Xamarin, um, so that you know you you can build libraries uh, and you know that they will work across all of these implementations, and and that's key. That's critical to us to build this ecosystem out. We have a huge ecosystem with .NET Framework libraries, but obviously right now, not all of them are on .NET Core. It's a different implementation. Right. And it's cross-platform, right? And it's it's a different implementation. But what the the idea is is to have the same set of APIs of this standard library. And so when you take a dependency on the standard library, you basically are saying like, I'm this version of the library, and so anything that's supporting that version of the library, you know, it will run across without you having to like do all these checkboxes of which the target frameworks are and recompile them all and that kind of thing. So the vision, the the vision of this is going to like, I think this will help um, the ecosystem explode with just, you know, support library support across the board. I mean, plus we are finding the .NET framework show in so many places, you know, it's not so much the .NET core framework is not as big as the original framework, but it's not super small. But there's so much well, compute power in yeah. smaller yeah. devices now. Well, sure. I mean, that's the other thing, right? .NET Core was um, was built with 
um, two things in mind. Number one, being able to write extremely compact, modular, small, lightweight microservices. Mm, Uh, We're we're seeing like this whole, you know, this industry move towards, you know, small nano services even, right? And containerization, right? So this is like just a new architectural pattern that we, you know, it's not that new anymore. Everybody's moving towards that. And we're, we're like, we, we have to be able to, to support that new pattern. Um, so being modular is in, and lighter weight is definitely one of the, the tenants. The other, the other end of the spectrum is right. Like being able to also be able to be supported on the, you know, small, small, small devices, not just mobile phones. Cause they're actually pretty powerful, but like, yeah. inter, you know, IOT devices and sensors and that kind of stuff. So, um, this is, so that's exactly what .NET core aims to, to go after, right? right. Like a, a ton of different compute sizes from hyperscale all the way down to the small sensor IOT. Um, and so that's, that's exciting. And, and with, and, and then the fact that we have like so many more devices, like the, the, the number of devices that you can build, you know, just using your C sharp skills has just completely exploded. Right. Yeah. Especially with Samsung now, you know, using, you know, now ties in the open source operating system that runs on, you know, 50 million of their devices, including TVs and refrigerators and mm. Tizen phones and all that. Now you can use Visual Studio and, 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 and a Xamarin Forms based UI to, you know, and C Sharp to code for these devices as well. So it's in- incredible to have Samsung cool. on board. Yeah. 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 And then none of that would really be possible without, you know, us open sourcing .NET Core and Xamarin Forms, as in fact. Um, sure. So, you know, they're, they're able to, like, inno- they were able to innovate and, you know, basically say, okay, we want to extend our Tizen OS to the gigantic .NET Core eco- or .NET ecosystem, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so other companies can think about that. If they only have, like, you know, a JavaScript or a C SDK, like, you know, why not build, you know, why not build their um, support for .NET Core? And that's, I think that's just, Samsung is just like the first one. I think this can open the door for a lot of other companies to come on board too. Well, it's also a very big player. I mean, when you, they are the other big player in the phone market, right? Like it's, it's not, yeah, not I to mean, be underplayed. Not to be underplayed. I mean, right. I mean, like in the U.S., not so much, but yes, they're the, in the the cheaper phone market, right? I mean, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, and like I said, like, you know, the, the um, what are they, the in, the infotainment systems inside your car? I mean, those yes. run Tizen, you know, and I mean, Tizen's, I don't, I don't, I, I don't want to throw numbers out, but there are a lot of Tizen devices yeah. in the world. Well, so it makes pretty, sense to add that, you know, to, to Xamarin. We've often talked about Cordova development as, well, here's a way for you to get to the Badoos and the Tizens and so forth, because it has a larger footprint than Xamarin ever had. It's cool to see Xamarin expanding that footprint as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the I think that, you know, Xamarin being part of Microsoft now, I mean, us, you know, acquiring Xamarin, we're seeing just a ton of just innovation coming out from from that team plus the .NET team. I mean, it's just like the .NET team like has exploded the engineering side and, you know, it's just it's just super exciting to see mm. some of the some of the things we're building um, for that. I mean, you know, Visual Studio for Mac now. I mean, this is like this is like we're really wait we're wait really wait seeing- wait whoa whoa whoa. <laughs> <laughs> this may be the first time people have heard about that Visual Studio for yeah. Mac. So at Connect, that's what they right they announced uh, the Visual Studio for Mac, which is basically you know Xamarin Studio, but now Xamarin Studio supports ASP.NET Core development. So we're starting to add more project types into Xamarin Studio and Xamarin Studio is now Xamarin, is now Visual Studio for Mac. Yeah. So this is like basically saying, you know what, doesn't matter what operating system you develop on, what your development workflow is, mm. and it doesn't really matter what you're targeting either, the platform right. you're building for anymore, you can still use .NET, you know, or you can use .NET. And it becomes really, I mean, .NET is, why do you use .NET in the first place? Why did we use .NET in the first place even 15 years ago? Because at mm-hmm. the time, it's the most productive yeah. development environment out there. I mean, like, Visual Studio is, in my opinion, the most productive IDE out there. Mm-hmm. It just happened to only be on Windows, right? Yeah. And so we were like, we were on the Windows train. And then guess what? The rest of the world kind of like was doing their other things because they couldn't use .NET because it was only on Windows. And now this is not true anymore, right? So it's it's just a whole, like I said, it's a renaissance of .NET. And that proposes a 
sort of a challenge for you is .NET marketing, doesn't it? Because you've got years of people associating the moniker .NET with Windows. And now the right. moniker .NET isn't Windows. I mean, of course it is, but there's so much more. It's, it's, it's this cross-platform platform. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the third message I'd like people to get is like .NET all the things is it kind of resonates in my head because you're right. It's cross platform. It's cross device. Um, it's, you know, dot net any. So we have any app, any developer, any platform is sort of the, you know, the marketing message we have for visual studio and visual studio team services and Azure that also applies to dot net. Right. Um, of course we embrace other developers building, you know, um, coding in, on, in other development languages, of course. But um, when it comes to .NET, there really is, you know, any application you can build for any platform, you know, and, it, and I really want every developer to take a look at it. That's kind of the idea. And yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's <laughs> with, especially with the, the mobile and cloud, as we've moved towards that, it isn't all about Windows, right? No. It definitely, Windows is part of this story, of course, but it's not all about Windows. And, you know, I don't want to, I don't ever want to hear somebody tell me that they can't use .NET because they're a Linux shop and they just can't, right? right? I don't want to, I don't want to have that conversation anymore. Yep. Wrong! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. oh, that's one way to say it. <laughs> Wrong! <laughs> <laughs> Your story has grown tiresome. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, so what do you guys have? You guys played with .NET Core yet, or ASP.NET Core at all? Absolutely, my guys and, cool. and AppV Next have, yeah, and uh, cool. they love it. The using the power, the performance. No, no Linux containers. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. dude. Docker Tools for Visual Studio is in preview. I think actually, I don't know where it is right now, but Docker Tools for Visual Studio, take a look at that. I mean, I have been having a ball with that. And Docker for Windows mm. just kind of runs as a little service in the tray. And it basically like uh, uses Hyper-V to put a little like Linux, you know, VM in there. So you can run Docker containers. You can debug right from, I'm talking Visual Studio 2015, folks. I mean, like, yeah. seriously, it's yeah. cool. It, it sort of speaks to a sea change in the way we're going to be building software going forward. Like the, the, the container will simply be part of the role right from the outset. Yep. Yeah. And we're making a first-class debugging experience in, in Visual Studio, as you saw at Connect. Now you can like debug through Docker containers, right? So you, as you build microservices, you actually are having that full fidelity. Like you can debug into the container because you're running them on your machine here. And then when right. you're done, you know, you create that container. That's the whole point about the container, right? That isolation and that, that um, you know, you're sure to get exactly what you need only in this container that runs this service or application, right? Um, you know, and, and we have Windows containers too. You can isolate even, you know, your old older ASP.NET you know, full framework, you know, web forms apps, you yep. know, that, that's a good, that's a scenario for using Windows containers just to isolate, you know, those big, you know, older applications that you have that, you know. And well, we did, we did a show a few weeks back uh, uh, talking to um, Elton Stoneman about what it takes to migrate your legacy app into yeah. Docker. And it is this concept of just thinking through the perimeter of each service or each role inside of your app so that you know what comes and goes from every container. Absolutely. And we're trying to make that just the, the development experience to that just a heck of a lot easier. So, and I'm excited about it. I enjoy it. Yeah. I, this is what Studio does for us, right? If the Studio can pick up that and just make us, and Guthrie used this line, fall into the pit of success, mm -hmm. that the, the natural path is into this approach of creating containers for roles and, and being able to isolate them like that. So it's just the default action in building anything in studio i think that would be huge for most developers so beth now that connect is over and it's almost the end of the year here what's on your radar what's next for you um i am going to cabo san lucas with my family for thanksgiving yeah <laughs> um yeah <laughs> um and yeah and actually, some of those island turkeys right <laughs> there you go island turkey yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then um which i'm looking really looking forward to that actually some downtime but um december actually is typically like an uptime on github like i think there's a lot of like um contributions being made um and people are just kind of working on side projects mm. so it's actually a good time to like start you know me myself building something i think i need you know 
marketing has pulled me a little farther away from coding things. You know, yeah. I don't build as much code anymore. So I personally am learning web development. Shocking. Awesome. So, wow. Yeah. So I know. It's a strange place for a Fox Pro developer to be. (laughs) (laughs) So it's more of the JavaScript stuff and the TypeScript stuff that I I need to learn. I, I, you know, Web API and C Sharp and the services side, anything non UI, I totally get. But anything that involves UI, you know, and as a marketing person, I need to be a little more creative, I think. So I'm going to try and fool around with, you know, I don't know, I have a month, so I'm sure there'll be some new JavaScript framework I need to learn in a month. So I'll wait till then. Welcome to the dark side. (laughs) (laughs) You know, yeah. So, yeah, we'll take a look at it. I can also see the power of being able to, uh, uh, to be excited about something. It's so much easier to market something when you're really stoked about it. Sure. Absolutely. I, I always, I, I mean, I want to code, like I was just messing around trying to get VB to compile on this Mac yesterday. So, you know, <laughs> I'm just, I didn't get it to work cause I'm not that smart, but, um, it's coming. I was just trying to, I was just messing around with it, trying to see if I could get Rosalind to compile a VB code. Um, so, you know, I, yeah, I definitely feel like I have to be a, you know, a credible developer still it's not like sure. i'm you know leaving <laughs> leaving development i'm developer right. marketing like i said it's not a traditional it's it's not a traditional role they purposely hired me because i don't know anything about marketing it's easier to teach it's easier to teach the marketing aspects to a technical person than it is to teach the technical pieces to a marketing person yeah, for sure definitely that's fair so. Yeah, and so my whole team is very technical, actually. So I just want to give a big shout out to all the technical marketing folks. There, there actually are very technical. So. Awesome. Well, Beth, thank you very much. It's always great to talk to you, and this is all good stuff. Yeah, I love you guys so much. Thanks again for having me. We all love you too, and we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Plop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one, recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Got a transmitter band by the FCC.